0: Hello world of the internet. My name is Simon Miller and thank you for joining me for my pro wrestling podcast. We're going live on a Wednesday today. Usually we do Tuesdays. We used to do Wednesdays. So when life gets in the way, you can do a bit of time travel and you can go wherever you want. I want to do a massive shout out. Uh, did a little call, uh, a little call out for the Patreon last week because I want to do a few more, uh, a few more new things on it. And loads of people came and joined the Patreon at patreon.com/simon316. So thank you very much to everyone that did that. Um, if you haven't looked at the page, if you're on YouTube right now, there's a description below. You can click the link. Um, again, even, you can't stress it enough. It sounds crazy, but even one dollar allows me to do so much more with this. And soon I will have more stuff. To announce. So I look forward to that. Also, come give me a like and a follow on Twitter and Instagram, just Simon Miller 316. And if you've never been to my YouTube channel, because you're listening to this on the audio versions, youtube.com forward slash the middle report rules, or just search for Simon Miller. I've updated the profile pick. It's now me in my wrestling gear, so more people know this is my own channel. And that's that, I think. On merchandise, simonmiller.bigcartel.com. My word. So much has happened since we last did an episode of the podcast. I am still ill, for those that are still uh, worried about it. Well, you're worried about it. But the point is this. (coughs) There you go. I need to cough every now and then. It's a dry cough. I need to get rid of that damn cough. So not a lot has really happened. In terms of this week, over the last couple of days, and we will talk about Raw and Smackdown. uh, And again, if you are watching on YouTube right now, uh, if you want to support me in the Super Chat, little button down there at the bottom, you can. I will answer and read out anything that you write uh, unless it's like well off the charts, then I won't. And if I don't want to answer something, I won't. But I'll still ask the question. So you can do that as well. But yeah, in terms of this week, not a lot has happened in the in the wrestling world. On that note, man, we'll do it. And this ties into my first point as well. My man, Maoma Blazovic, who I always hopefully get the name right of in the Super Chat, always get a hand on the heart when you support in the Super Chat, said, WTF was that match? I was so pissed that Goldberg lost to a crappy chokeslam and he lost to Undertaker who got beat by Brock. That is where we're going to start. We're going to talk, start talking about Undertaker versus Goldberg because I haven't talked about it on this podcast yet because the last podcast that went up was recorded prior to Super Showdown. I'm not going to talk about Super Showdown to any great degree because, again, morally it's bankrupt and also they're just house shows. I mean, they really are. But I do believe, I have a theory about Undertaker-Goldberg, hence why I've tied it into the uh, the title today and we are going to get into it. But look, here's the, here's how I see it. You can check out my ups and downs for Super Showdown if you want my in depth thoughts. And head over to What Culture WWE, uh, which you should do as well. What Culture Wrestling, I should say, which you can also do um, when we are finished here at two PM, and you can come join me live in there for the ups and downs for SmackDown. But the thing is, it was not great. There's no point pretending otherwise. Clearly Goldberg got concussed. He did. Now it's kind of it's out there. <coughs> Excuse me. Clearly Goldberg got concussed. And, you know, from that point on, it just fell apart because and there are other bits I want to talk about, but the first half of that match was okay. It did everything I wanted it to do. I thought the Undertaker's entrance was great with all the Druids and the fire and that weird synth music. Goldberg's music is always, uh, always, the whole Goldberg entrance I love. I'm a big Goldberg fan, always have been. I know he's my dad, I look like him, so on and so forth. And when they stood head-to-head head and Goldberg did the whole cutthroat thing, I thought, this is going to be cool. Then we got a couple of spears out of nowhere. We got a choke slam. It should have ended it there. I think that was about two and a half minutes into the match. I didn't need to see a tombstone. I didn't need to see a jackhammer. And the real reason I didn't need to see it is because look at things retroactively. Wouldn't it have been much better if we could have come on here and had the conversation, oh, didn't it suck we didn't see a tombstone? And didn't it suck we didn't see a jackhammer? As opposed to... That match fell apart really quickly. Now, I do agree with everybody that's uh, out there that said, I don't want to crap on it too much because, look, everybody has a bad night at the office. There's also injuries that have come into it. But also, we are talking about Goldberg and Undertaker. Whether you like them or not, you can try and argue it. But they are two of the most influential and best wrestlers ever. I'm not talking about the in-ring product. I'm talking about the overall Makeup of what a professional wrestler is, and there's no two ways about it. They are legendary. Casual fans know who they are. Obviously, hardcore fans knows who they are. Undertaker has a legacy in WWE like none other. WCW probably would have died long before, at least not had the extra run it did, if it wasn't for Bill Goldberg. And both of them, you know, while they had gimmicks that sound cool on paper, the reason both those gimmicks worked. Is because of Mark Calloway and is because of Bill Goldberg. It's the performers that did it. You'd put anybody else in their shoes and they wouldn't have made it. That's probably why it's so upsetting to see what we what we did see as well. Because yeah, the second half of that match was a farce, and I, I, the farce is probably the wrong word because farce has too many negative connotations. But I'll, I'll, you, you listen to my podcast, you watch my podcast, I'll give you behind the scenes. At one point, in the ups and downs process, I had it written down on my script that I was actually going to give the first half of that match an up. But even I was like, Simon, that's ludicrous. You can't, it's the overall feel of it has left uh, sort of a bad taste in people's mouths. And it wasn't even necessarily a bad test. I think it's like that classic thing when your mum says to you, I'm not mad at you, I'm disappointed. And I think that was the same kind of feeling we got here. It was almost one of sympathy for these guys because nobody wants to see that. Like, I, I don't agree with this idea that you can ruin your legacy once your legacy has been established. So, you know, when Shawn Michaels came back, everyone said, oh, he ruined his legacy. No, he doesn't. People forget about that comeback match and they focus on the 20 years of amazingness that Shawn michaels was able to achieve and it's the same here goldberg is still goldberg uh, brock, uh, brock lesnar undertaker is still the undertaker shout out to my man mama blazovic in the super chat again who just says talking about the match i mean where is the consistency here goldberg beat brock in 90 seconds goldberg was my all-time fave by the way now i'm done with wwe not from bosnia bosnia dude i love it thank you so much i mean that's another point as well that i actually hadn't thought about you're right it doesn't really make any sense unfortunately, it comes down to the simple fact that Goldberg was never going to be allowed to win because as I even said on commentary, Goldberg is Mr. WCW, The Undertaker is Mr. WWE. It's the same reason Triple H beat Sting at WrestleMania 31. Even though we're 20 years removed, that is never going to go away because clearly it stung Vince McMahon quite quite hard. And it does suck. It does. But I, I, the, the win and loss in that match, it matters to a certain degree, because people forget Goldberg has not lost that much. I, oh, excuse me. I know there's oh there's another one. Awful, I apologize. That would wind me up as well, so I do apologize. Um, I know there's other ones out there, but the big ones that stand out are Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 33, and obviously Kevin Nash at Starcade, whenever the hell it was. Other than that, there's the odd loss here and there. I know Triple H got a couple of Duff wins over him. But he hasn't lost, so to just have him lose in something like this does... The whole thing was just bad. We shouldn't have gone as long as we did. Uh, White agents didn't step in to say, look guys, I understand that you want to go this long, but let's not, you know, let's be smart here. Let's try and keep this, you know, as compact as possible. I, I, I can't quite work that one out, but maybe more information will come out down the line. Before I get to my point, quick couple of uh, Super Chats. Shout out to Richard Dalloway in the Super Chat, Hand on the Heart. There's any plans to wrestle in Birmingham? You're damn right, Richard. Nothing is in the calendar yet. I'm going to start running my calendar down when we get closer to July, because that's where it probably kicks off again. At the moment, June 29th, Defiant Wrestling in Newcastle. You want to come along, please do. Uh, But yes, I have plans to wrestle all around uh, sort of the middle of England. So yeah, just keep an eye on my Twitter at Simon316 and keep listening to the podcast. I will start dropping my dates. And of course, when I'm there, come see me. Come check me out. Uh, Silence is her weapon zero in the super chat and says they're past their prime. Obviously, talking about Goldberg and The Undertaker. I don't blame them. I blame Vince. In the end, everyone is going to lay down for the final three count to father time. The fact Bill's son saw that horrifies me. Why man Miller? I don't actually blame Vince McMahon for this one. I'm pretty sure that if Undertaker and Goldberg had gone to Vince and said, look, we just want to do three minutes, he would have said, okay, that's cool. I think this was what a match they wanted to do. And more power to them. You know, they believed they were able to pull it off. And unfortunately, they weren't able to. But that ties into my point that I want to talk about today before we do get into the the, 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 the little bits. I don't think this is over by any stretch of the imagination. Um, If you saw Goldberg's tweet when all was said and done, clearly very moved and taken aback by what had happened. And that's why I want to send all the love and respect to Goldberg. Not that it means anything coming from me other than the fact that obviously I'm his son. But just, I always, I'm okay, getting a bit cheesy here, you have to forgive me. But I think we forget about the human element sometimes when it comes to characters that we see on TV. Bill Goldberg didn't want to go out there and do that. The Undertaker didn't want to go out there and do that. And while we do react at the time and go, oh, horrific, terrible, no one is going to beat themselves up mentally as much as those two guys. So I think sometimes it is important to take a step back and remember they wanted that to happen less than anybody else. Anybody else. They probably wanted a cut, they probably had a point to prove. Believe they could do it, and a few things came along to completely knock it off course. There's no two ways about it. Uh, shout out to my man, Malma, in the, in the super chat again, who says, from now on, I just watched the Y series on your channel. Thank you, man. Watch ups and downs as well. But I appreciate that. A lot of love. A lot of love. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I don't think they're done here. Uh, maybe at WrestleMania or somewhere else, I totally believe we're going to get another Bill Goldberg versus Undertaker match. Simply for the fact... Much like after WrestleMania 20, which Goldberg has admitted, and Brock Lesnar at the time, that it felt like unfinished business, this is now officially unfinished business. I don't think it is going to be The Undertaker's last match, just from what we know, but I think there was every chance that it may have been Bill Goldberg's. He's always said that he's a bit of a gun for hire, and if somebody comes up with the right money, he'll certainly think about it, but it's different now. There's no way that Bill Goldberg, after the the run that he had, especially because his last match at WrestleMania 33 against Brock Lesnar, for my money, is one of the best five-minute matches or, or sub-five-minute matches I've ever seen. I love it so much, I can't even begin to tell you. He does not want this to be the last thing people remember when it comes to him. And if you saw Undertaker's face when the, you know the bell rang, he was not pleased either. So... You know, these are two proud guys. They're two guys that, again, do have uh, this history built up, both individually and together. It, it just, it just, it, there's just no way. There's just no way either of them is going to go out like this. Again, even if Undertaker went on to have a five star match with Finn Balor and Goldberg came back to have an amazing match against Apollo Crews, I don't know. Whatever. The, the fact they they need to they need to eradicate this from their record. That they, as far as i'm concerned now whether ww would sign off on that i don't know but who has got more political clout in that company than the undertaker and the only person is vincent Mann and triple h i would say he is the undertaker and he has earned that right to have the say that he does you know locker room leader and <coughs> excuse me locker room leader and all that kind of stuff so it, just for that alone And how wrestling works, and the fact that it's still a massive draw. If anything, it's going to be a bit like Anthony Joshua versus Andy Ruiz Jr., right? If you're into boxing, you may not have known. Anthony Joshua was the overwhelming favorite. He gets knocked out. Now they're going to have a rematch in November. And that match is going to be even bigger because it's changed the dynamic. It's changed how people look at that match. Wait, I know Undertaker and Goldberg is in the fake world of pro wrestling. However, the dynamic has now changed. I think most of us expected a short match, Undertaker wins, we see it, whatever, it's fine, it does its thing, we can enjoy the the pageantry around it. Nobody that I saw thought it was going to be an absolute disaster, again, unintentionally so, but still a disaster, and because of that, we need to, or they need, I I have this huge feeling, this huge hunch and you know reading bits and bobs that's out there on the internet a plant once Goldberg is better and his concussion is down and apparently Undertaker shouted at Goldberg afterwards and you can check that out on what culture we did a video on that I did for the Y series when all the smoke has cleared and the dust had settled this will be back on the table. Maybe even as close as SummerSlam, which is, what, like two months away. Um, but so SummerSlam, you could do it. I wouldn't do it Survivor Series, because I don't feel like that feels like a big enough event anymore. Wouldn't do it at the Royal Rumble, because that's building to WrestleMania. You could potentially do it at WrestleMania 36. I think that with the right booking and the right plan and no jackhammers and no tombstones, we don't need to see it. It's okay. I actually think it could come back even better. And the best thing about it would be, if they were able to achieve that, and they were able to you know undo this wrong i think it'd be great for them and i think it would be great for the fans i think there would be this overwhelming sense of oh thank goodness thank goodness for that now the counterpoint to that my man aaron in the super chat has jumped at the perfect time so thank you Aaron. says wwe should just let taker retire he can barely go which brings up an interesting point would it not be the undertaker's decision not to retire I don't i with the Saudi Arabia show, if wWE had sat him down even if uh, we'll take money out of it, although money is a big thing. I think Vince I think the undertaker's in control of that. I don't think that anyone is making him carry on, and if that is true, then this was all on him. This is what the undertaker wanted to do, whether or not I, I would dispute the fact that we don't know if he can go because for moments of that match before it did collapse, I thought he looked much better than he did at the last Saudi Arabia show. he looked in better shape, he looked more confident. We don't know because, again, it all unraveled and we're never going to know what would be the case now. That doesn't mean that I don't think he shouldn't have retired after his WrestleMania loss to Brock Lesnar or after Roman Reigns two years ago, whenever it was. I think he probably should because the poetic nature of seeing his hat and coat in the ring and him descending through the aisleway, I thought was great. I thought there, I, I, I thought that was one of the best exits we've seen, even if I didn't particularly think the Roman Reigns match was, was all that exciting. So I don't necessarily know I would have said that he would agree to do this. I don't know if WWE makes him do it. Again, We, I don't know. I'm just speculating. Uh, and on that note as well, Ben Greenwood in the Super Chat says, WWE are not creating new stars. That's why, in my opinion. And I think that's a great point too. And if anything, we go back to the build between Goldberg and The Undertaker, which we talked about here on this podcast. It was a huge spotlight being shone on this idea that you can have Goldberg and The Undertaker in the ring. And everyone's like, oh my gosh, it's Goldberg and The Undertaker... And yet when anybody else I was trying to think of two names, but really anybody else does that, it lacks the same fire. And that is because, yes, we don't have stars like we used to do back in the Attitude Era, or John Cena, I guess, would be the last one. You know, you could put Roman Reigns in there with anybody of the current the current roster and they wouldn't elicit the same response. Which is true. You know, which is true, which is why getting back into that going back to these old things that people remember, relying on that nostalgia. Nostalgia is an interesting thing because nostalgia will get you excited, but there's also an an era of reality or a wave of reality that you've got to accept. Because nostalgia, by its very nature, is relying on something that is old. And nobody can fight time. Time is the most terrifying thing in the world. It comes at us all. And... You know, when you see The Undertaker and Goldberg and they're not the people you remember, you're excited because you recognize them as the humans that they are, but they can't go like they used to. Of course they can't. Goldberg is 52 and The Undertaker is 54. And if anybody thought they were going to get anything other, not what we did get, but, you know, what we should have got, you're just kidding yourself. And that's not on WWE. Shout out to Silence Is Her Weapon Zero in the super chat. So I heard the main event for the next Saudi Arabia show is going to be Hulk Hogan versus Ric Flair. Can't wait for WWE uh, uh, to book it. Uh, Apparently somebody, Brad says as well, apparently we've got me playing over speakers in the gym. I hope that is true. Hello, Brad's gym. It's probably not true now at all, but I'm saying anyway. Hello, Brad's gym. I hope you all have smashing workouts. Make sure you lift all the heavy weights, because as we know, all we're really doing in the gym is teaching ourselves how to pick up heavy weights so that later on down the line we can pick up heavier weights than that. Gym makes no sense. Anyway, point being, um <coughs> Yeah, I mean <laughs> I don't think Rick Flair and H- it's funny that Hogan wasn't on the Saudi Arabia show. That is gonna be an interesting point because the Prince of Saudi Arabia likes these old legends coming back. Who else do we have? Who else is there? We've done Shawn Michaels, we've done Triple H, we've done The Undertaker, we've done Goldberg. I don't think Sting would do it. Um, I may be wrong, but I don't think he would. I don't think he can wrestle anyway, so that doesn't count. Ric Flair is not—he's he's not in. I'm not saying he's not in good shape, but he's not in good wrestling shape. There's no way we should do that. But so this is the point: we are now further—we are far, far enough removed now from WCW dying that there's no cachet in it anymore. The last person to have cachet was Bill Goldberg, to the point you probably could have done a run with him. But that may have been gone now after the Saudi Arabia show, which is why, really, the Saudi Arabia shows are redundant in that sense, because we could have used this to put a really cool match on a show that actually meant something, because what happened on the Saudi Arabia show? Nothing happened. Nothing happened. All the all the um, pageantry and, I keep using that word, but all the showmanship about bigger than WrestleMania, it's just marketing speak. And I ain't got nothing against that. I get it. I understand how marketing and branding works. But yeah, I, I, I'm going to put it on the money now. What day is it? 12th of June, 2019. Simon Miller says, Goldberg versus Undertaker 2 will happen before, April, before mid-April 2020 because I'm going to give it up to WrestleMania 36. And if I'm wrong, you know where you can find me. You can come and yell at me to call me an absolute asshole. And that is all good. But, you know. It was a shame. I was I I quite enjoyed the first half of that match. Just again for this, the 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 sheer wow wow look who's involved. As long as they're well, as long as they're healthy, that's all I care about. It does tie into something else. I'll, I'll talk to talk to John Moore line in the super chat first. Get hand on the heart. Who says, Booker T and DDP for the next Saudi show? Could see it happening. Could see again. They don't have the the same stock that someone like Undertaker or Goldberg does. But you're right, they have the nostalgia, and that's what it's all about. So potentially, so yes um yeah like <laughs> i think we need to get to a stage now as well where we're all right stopping wrestling fights i've said this before and people go crazy and you are not to go crazy that's your right as a human but after i watched naito versus abushi and even if you don't watch new japan just type in naito abushi german suplex gif you'll find it just look at naito abushi's uh, head as he hits the apron it is unwatchable it is unwatchable or it goes the other way and it's it's too watchable because you can't believe a man put himself through that. I have got no problem, you know, when Goldberg got busted open or again when Nabushi's when head went that way, of a referee specifically being on hand, doesn't have to be the referee in the ring if you want to try and keep the story going, just everyone who goes over, talks to the guy, see if he's alright, other, per- other wrestler can walk around, we'll all know what's going to go on, but we actually take advantage of this idea that wrestling is a worked sport, and we can introduce these laws should we wish. It happens in real fighting... Again, we'll talk to Anthony the Anthony Joshua thing. When he had been knocked senseless, he's not allowed to go back in there and fight. The referee looks in his eyes and says, are you okay? Are you okay? Why we can't have a few minutes to do that in wrestling, I don't know. Because I get it. It ruins the, the flow and it ruins the fun. And maybe it breaks the illusion a little bit. But what's more important, that or making sure someone's not dead? I'm quite a, a balanced man. and quite a free thinker. I'm very, very inclusive. But if you think not making sure someone's dead is the answer... I totally disagree with you, and would go as far as to say uh, that that you're wrong. So I would, um, yeah, I, 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 I'm all right. I'd be all right with it. I really would. I'm totally all right with it. The wrestling matches just getting stopped, and then we can get back into it if everybody's okay. Because concussions are a real serious thing. Um, you know, how Ibushi's not more hurt than... How he didn't how his head didn't fall off, I don't understand. I really don't understand how his head didn't fall off. And I don't even know if I enjoyed that naito Abushi match. I'm not saying it wasn't brilliant, which I understand is a contradiction. It was. But again, it's like I always say. That's like ordering pizza. The pizza comes. You're like, pizza? You should know what you're getting with Ibushi versus Naito unless you've never seen New Japan before. So, you know, it's, uh, it's, it, it's difficult. But I, I, I think we should do it. I'm convinced of it now. I don't want to see anyone die in a ring. And I was really worried, both during the, the tombstone, the jackhammer, and the German suplex in New Japan, that somebody was dead. That's what I thought. I recoiled like that. I literally, my shoulders went up. I was like, somebody's dead. I don't want to see anybody die in wrestling. I want to just enjoy it. Even when it's crap, I enjoy it. Uh, silence is her weapon. Always a massive support. of the super chat. I really appreciate it. Uh, wrestling is one big revolving door. Uh, The mood's the last minute. Some grow old, get injured, and lose their passion. They have the raw materials to make stars, but they haven't utilised them in the way that they should. Also, I miss Captain Charisma. I miss Christian. I miss Edge as well. No, it's true. At the moment, I don't understand why WWE isn't utilising what they have more. Um, we'll use this to transition to talk about Raw vs. SmackDown before we do. Shout out to Derek earlier as well in the Super Chat, who says, uh, I feel that as long as these happen one or two times a year, then so be it. I guess the Saudi Arabia shows. WWE isn't going to change, so let's just enjoy it. Much love, man. Whenever you are in Dallas, Texas barbecue on me. Damn right, Derek. I'll be there. You're, I don't mind if they only did it a couple of times a year from a storyline point of view. But again, my opinion is I don't like it when you see the kind of... I just, you know... Any country that doesn't let women wrestle and kills gay people is is difficult for me to watch a company that I do love. There's no point in saying otherwise. I love WWE. Look at my life. Uh, to see them, you know, it, it's even because I know a lot of people do business there. It wasn't even the fact they did business there. It was the fact that first show was such a propaganda machine. And then everything happened with the journalist and and all of that. But uh, no, from a storyline point of view, if they want to go, that's fine. Because it really doesn't affect anything else. It's just everything else around it, which is a bit like, okay... Hmm, you know, interesting. But yeah, in terms of not creating new stars, I think we're really seeing that on Raw and SmackDown at the moment. Uh, Again, I think some people forget that when I do ups and downs, there's a performance part to it. I'm over-egging and exaggerating certain things, so I think that makes for a better performance. I never get mad watching WWE television shows, ever. Not in the history of my life. However, I can still see it from a critical point of view and go, I don't really know what we're doing. And that was my big takeaway from Raw and SmackDown this week. I can't understand... The thing is, we've gone from it being an episodic TV show, which you know WWE talk about all the time—the longest-running episodic TV show in history, or whatever they say—to it being shows that now exist in a, They exist within themselves. You know, you don't have to have watched the previous week anymore to be able to understand what's going on on this week, and that doesn't work when you have a show that's running 365 days a year. You just can't. Because you need a reason to come back, especially when it's five hours long. You need a reason to invest. The only storyline this week that actually has a a cliffhanger or, or a a reason for you to to want to see what happened is our truth I mean, it's the most daft narrative ever, but our truth got locked in a blue box on SmackDown. And then the, the WWE crew were taking these boxes to LA. Didn't know that R-Truth was in there, even though he was screaming in the box. And anybody would have heard, wait a minute, somebody's screaming in the box. <laughs> um... And and, and Carmella was looking for him, but so was Jinder Mahal. So now you're like, well, who is going to find him first? Is it going to be Carmella or is it going to be Jinder? Other than that, there is no storylines that have necessarily evolved over the last five hours. Like, we'll take Shane McMahon, who, yes, I totally believe at the moment is ruining WWE TV, almost not even his fault to a certain extent. He's just being used too much, like anybody else. I don't understand why I have to have one feud that dominates at least 40 minutes of of, of both shows each together, of both shows. It doesn't make any sense to me. But it's, you know, even with something like that, they got so much TV time. What did we learn? I already knew that it was going to be Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns. So that we haven't learned anything there. Shane McMahon and The Miz got their stuff back on, but Shane McMahon just beat him. So there's didn't, there was no, you know, evolution steps forward there. So we haven't, we haven't evolved. We haven't, we haven't shifted forward. And that's even the same for something like Alexa Bliss. You know, Alexa Bliss on, uh, on Raw was, you know, showing her true colors with Nikki Cross, and then did that again on SmackDown with a match. Uh, so it was Nikki Cross versus Bailey, and Alexa Bliss was on the outside. But we haven't progressed nothing has changed you know you could have had the stomping grounds could have been this sunday or last sunday and we haven't used the tv to learn any more information or to get me more invested in that feud and i think that's kind of what we're doing across the board storylines and skits just happen to involve certain people that we've decided should be used but they don't ever go anywhere it's the same with kofi kingston and the new day biggie came back great love him New day together, great. Still love them, but then it's Dolph Ziggler, Kevin Owens, and Sami Zayn together. Why are they together? Why are Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn back together? Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's never it's never things just happen because they need to happen. And if we need to make a match, somebody randomly backstage, we go, "Oh, Shane McMahon said it was okay." And then my first question is, "Well, why is Shane McMahon booking Raw?" That wasn't ever a thing that was that was announced. And that's my big issue at the moment is that I, I don't know what I should and should buy into because I don't know if actually is going to play out next week. Because, it's, again, I'm, this is me repeating myself like crazy, but it's Boy Who Cried Wolf Syndrome. Eventually, you have to take a step back and go, well, X, Y, and Z keep happening over and over again. I better start assuming that's just how WWE TV is put together. And therefore, I'm going to make sure that I, I don't invest too much because I don't want to be disappointed. And I, I felt like this week, I didn't necessarily think Raw and Smackdown were bad shows, but I did think it, it felt like that had been exaggerated. Uh, shout out to Silence, is her weapon in the super chat. Massive support today. I appreciate it, my friend. Uh, what does Finn's back and the ratings have in common? They can both take a beating. It's a good, it's, that's a good line, Silence. You should put that on Reddit. They'll like it. Um, yeah, the ratings this week. The problem with the ratings this week is that we do have to give them a buy because they were going up against the NBA game. There's like 20 million viewers. And it was over hours two and three where a lot of people did tune out of Raw. Don't get me wrong, I do think there'll be some people that just didn't want to watch. But it, it, it's harder this week to, uh, uh, to kind of rag on those. And my man, Sean Gilhorn, who I always probably get the last name of wrong, but he's a good guy, Sean. Uh, speaking of new stars, the Firefly Funhouse is great, and from all accounts, Bray has total control over it. If this succeeds like we think, will this open doors up for other wrestlers? Well, That, again, much like the the 24-7 title that connects week to week, which allows you to invest because you start believing, it's the same with the Firefly Funhouse. I do think we're getting to the point where Bray White needs to do something in the ring. I don't think we need to rush it. Like, we're always moaning about that. Oh, you know, you, you didn't let things build. Well, we've really let this build. We've had two months of vignettes. And it's not like any have been... If they had jumped the shark, I'd be like, okay. But I actually thought this week's one was probably the best one, where he killed Rambling Rabbit and ate his guts and then marketed guts as a product. You know, so they're still pretty screwed up. And uh, the other thing about Rambling Rabbit, which I didn't actually come across until it popped in my head this week, is of course it's a reference to when people said that Bray White's promos were rambly. So these things are great, they have depth, they're layered. Like Sean says, it certainly seems like Bray white has been given uh, freedom over it. I don't think it necessarily will change the mold, even though that it should. I think we're at that point now where we need wrestlers to be, I'm not saying they're not speaking up, obviously Dean Ambrose slash John Moxley has talked about that, but we certainly need people to open up more about, hey, but, you know, I shouldn't really do this this week because last week I did this and that doesn't make sense. The best thing about Bray's stuff, if it is just him creating it, he knows where he's been and therefore he knows where he's able to go. And that is what we need. For example, I, I understand the stuff with Finn Balor versus Andrade. I do. Andrade couldn't be at TV this week because his mother passed away. Awful. Worst thing ever. Thoughts to Andrade and his family. But why Finn Balor can't feature on TV given that he's the Intercontinental Champion, even if he's gloating over his win against Andrade, that's confusing to me. You know, And I understand we only have so much time, but if we're not showcasing our champions, what are even the wrestlers turning up for? What do they want? And again, it ties into that. Why are we all here? And at the moment, it just kind of feels like, well, we booked a bunch of matches for a show in a couple of weeks, and we have a television show. And therefore, we've got to get through day in, day out. Again, people go a million negative. It's not negativity. I'm just telling you about what I'm seeing on the TV. I'm still enjoying it for what it is, but that's not necessarily going to work long term or get the ratings back or win over um, win over a lot of fans. Uh, silence is her weapon. Yours has just vanished. I will find it in a minute. There it is. Hand on the heart. Anyone else notice how quick EC three was to resort to cannibalism? I think we found out what happened to EC one and EC two. Look, I like the twenty four seven skits. I think I feel like the people that don't. I think the 24-7 skits would be greater appreciated if maybe the rest of the show was more balanced. But because the serious stuff isn't really ticking people's boxes and the dumb stuff actually is doing well and does have some form of uh, continuity, it's winding people up. And I get it. And our truth is great. Uh, EC3 doesn't seem like he wants to be there, but I thought he's quite good this week. Same with Drake Maverick. I feel sorry for Cedric Alexander because he clearly doesn't like anything like this and just wants to wrestle. And he's not allowed. Just go check his Twitter account out uh shout out to ben greenwood in the super chat off topic i'm intrigued i'm a massive wrestling and hip-hop fan so i watch rock reacts ups and downs and this podcast love seeing you succeed all the best mate ben that made me feel i got a good feeling in my stomach when i read that out that is very kind thank you ben that's very very nice of you i appreciate that and thank you to everyone that sends me messages like that i get a lot of love throughout the week and it's um it makes me happy it's very inspiring and it's very motivational So thank you to to everybody. And again, thank you to Patreons and everybody that supports. Uh, Jacob Donnelly in the Super Chat. Who would have thought this so-called new era actually meant an overbooked Shane McMahon and non-existent wildcard rule and lazy inconsistencies? I'm glad you brought up the wildcard rule. On SmackDown this week, that felt more redundant than ever. I've stopped keeping count because there's no point, but top of my head, I think it's just Sami Zayn that made the jump. Uh, I guess Alexa Bliss counts in that as well. (laughs) Or Nikki Cross. I don't know. But no one counts them. Sometimes it's three, four, five. It is inconsequential now already. We've only been doing it a few weeks. Much like the third hour of Raw that was meant to be all dark and gritty. We just got rid of that. And this ties into everything that I'm saying. It's a crapshoot at the moment. It's just let's throw everything against the wall and see where we get to. And I'm all right with that. But eventually, you've got to calm down, pick your direction, and you've got to head in said direction. This is not me. I mean, it is me ragging on WWE, but it's me ragging them on from a supportive point of view. I'm not going to stop watching, which everyone says, oh, just stop watching if you don't like it. I like it. I still like it. And I love being able to take everything that I see, twist it around in my weird brain and do ups and downs. Like Smackdown ups and downs today and Raw yesterday, I'm so proud of. People say I'm an idiot. I don't care. But again, it doesn't mean that we can't be critical. I'm kind of repeating myself, but I think it's... Um I think it's important. I don't I, The Shane McMahon thing I can't explain. It came from nowhere. And now he's he's just over every show. And it's too much. He'll probably be a cool character if just once a week. <sighs> I don't know. Uh, my man Malma in the super chat. If Vince only watched these lives, WWE would be fine. Uh, I don't think Vince McMahon watches much other than uh, WWE. And I think that's kind of been proven with all the John Moxie stuff that he came out and, and talked about. I, I don't think that... Um, yeah, I, I don't. I think maybe that's a problem. Maybe he needs to know more than than WWE at the moment, and the issue is that he doesn't. I don't know. I don't like ragging on Vince McMahon too much because um, it's. I don't know. I just, I, I just don't. I just. Don't. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that he doesn't deserve to be criticised. I don't know what I mean by that. I don't even know what I mean. Do whatever you want. It's fine. Uh, Silence is her weapon. Simon, you said Drake Maverick. Did you mean horn It Was a good joke, right? I mean, it's only a little thing, but it's quite funny. Our truth makes these things work. Ibernite in the super chat. Hand on the heart. I worry about forgetting who the greatest in the world is. So glad they keep reminding me to think it was such a pop when Shane McMahon turned a couple of years ago. What a shame. What a shame. Hand on heart. I thought that the same thing this morning. And I pitched an idea to what culture that hopefully I can do. And I'm going to make that exact point. When Shame Man came back in 2016, I remember I was living in South London at the time. I was watching it on my laptop and I was cooking some eggs and I had my laptop on the table behind me and I heard that music, oddly, a little secret, on this very podcast from 2016. You can listen to it. It's up there. SoundCloud, iTunes, everywhere. I predicted that Shame Man would come back a week before it happened. Now, I'm not going to lie. It was a tongue-in-cheek prediction, but it still happened. And people thought I was crazy, but it did happen. Just saying. But yeah, I remember the, the elation and the response and the excitement from people online was great. And he has been great, mostly. Even his Undertaker match, while not the best, and the lockbox, there was a lot of love for Shane McMahon. But it's not Shane McMahon's fault. You can take any character. Kevin Owens, right? I love Kevin Owens. If you featured Kevin Owens too much... It, the same thing will happen. It, it, it just will. No, even when Stone Cold, I say this all the time, even when Stone Cold Steve Austin used to come out, the third, fourth time, it was always diminishing returns because that it's a reaction. It's a pop, especially when Roman Reigns wasn't on TV at all this week. So should, we could have done everything we did with Shane McMahon in one. That's what I didn't get. We had a, well, at least one of them. You can pick which one, whichever you want, was redundant. So if you watch the Raw one, and you like it, and then you see the same thing on SmackDown, you're like, why are we wasting 20 minutes when we could have other people? Where's Rusev? Where's Nakamura? Where's the Kabuki Warriors? Um, where's Naomi? Where's... I mean, We could do this all day. We we'll, we'll do the rest of the podcast. Uh, Charlotte in the Super Chat says... <laughs> I've just read it. Can we discuss... <laughs> can we di- <coughs> I'm coughing now. <coughs> can we discuss your promo pick for Defiant Wrestling? I mean, we can, Charlotte. Uh, yeah, I'm at Built to Destroy. I'm gone red. I'm blushing. Uh, we we uh, Built to Destroy, June 29th in Newcastle. Head over to Defiant Wrestling on the internet to check it out. They released a promo picture with me there. You can go see it. It's on my Instagram at Simon316. It's on my Twitter at Simon316. You can follow Defiant at R W R E S. Yeah, you can see it. That was a wrestling promo pic. I, it made me a little bit like when I went up. I was like, yeah, that's that's me without my top on. So <laughs> <laughs> if you watch the vlogs cheap plug go watch my vlogs and uh, there's a whole playlist called simon miller vlogs find the one about uh my uh my new wrestling gear and you can learn you can learn all about that that's very kind charlotte thank you you make me laugh and uh, never forgetful in the super chat dream scenario you were asked to sign with wwe and aew which would you choose at that point in time well firstly amazing what what a great career i've had um so, you know, that if I ever got to that opportunity, excuse me. I guess it all depends on what the opportunity being presented to me was, right? Um you you just don't know. For example, you know, if AEW said, we'll put you on our main television program, whatever that will be, but WWE said, we'll put you on NXT UK, you probably would go for AEW, right? Because it feels like a more exciting thing where you're going to be rubbing heads with Chris Jericho and Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks and Hangman Page and, and all these people. Not that the NXT UK guys aren't great, but they are. But in my head, the AEW TV show feels like a bigger deal. So it all depends on, on what it would be. I just know I'd be damn proud of myself. If I ever get offered a contract from either of those... I would be amazingly proud. But as I get told all the time, apparently I'm already hired by WWE, which is why I give them ups for things they don't deserve. Every day I get that. Yesterday we gave nine ups and nine downs. One brown down within those nine for Raw, and somebody still sent you black and you want to get hired by WWE. One segment I said was so bad I'd take a crap over it, and yet I still work in the WWE, which is crazy, really, because I've always tried to pitch myself as an honest guy. And I like to think that comes across. If I was working for WWE, I'd tell you. I just would. Same if I ever got a sponsor or anything like that for the podcast. I would just tell you. And I'd tell you exactly how it worked. And because why not? You you support me, therefore I feel like I should support you back. Not working for WWE. Silence is her weapon. In the super chat. Where's Repo Man, Simon? Also Triple H casually pedigreeing the Miz is gold. Uh, when did he do that? When did Triple H casually pedigree the Miz? Uh, where's Repo Man? I mean, I don't. I know Repo Man's coming over to Liverpool next year, and Phil and I from What Culture are going to go try and get that interview. I genuinely love Repo Man. That's my favourite stupid gimmick e- ever. I think people think it's just some weird joke. No, I love him. Him, IRS, Ted DiBiase, all of them. I mean, Ted DiBiase was a, a level above that, but still ridiculous gimmick. Uh, but yeah, he was the best. He was the best. Uh, Vicky Branton, hello, from what I can gather, King of the Ring is a bad thing. Why can't we have one? Apparently, Vince McMahon doesn't like tournaments. Or so they say. That is what the um, the, 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 the rumor is is that he's not a big fan of tournaments, hence why we don't get them. Which seems crazy to me, because, again, I don't want New Japan and WWE to be anything alike. otherwise, what's the point? I don't get my alternative, I don't get my options, and that's what I want. However, I certainly like a tournament, because it's the most sporting thing you can do. (coughs) So, I don't get... Everyone's excited about the G1. Like, when Shingo and Kenta and uh, Dean Ambrose, John Moxley, announced themselves in the G1, that's part of the fun, who is going to be in the tournament. WWE doesn't have anything like that, like and especially because all the cruiserweight one was good, and the May Young Classic, and the tag teams. These were all awesome. I actually think that could revitalize WWE right now. If Finn Balor came out on SmackDown next week and said, "I am going to hold a tournament for the IC Championship that's going to, con- uh, you know, conclude at SummerSlam, and it's called, you know, the IC Challenge, whatever, and it's going to have sixteen people in it," I think everybody would love it. I think everybody, especially if they did it on a point system or something like that, I think it would really refresh WWE. It would make it feel different. It's something they've never done. Forget uh, me if I'm wrong. I don't think they've ever done a sport a point system tournament before. Again, you're going to get people going, oh, it's just like uh, New Japan. Yeah, so what? You know, you do what you have to do. And even if it doesn't work, that's okay. It doesn't matter if you fail, but just try. All I want now uh, is to try. Jacob Domily in the super chat. How do you think the Stomping's cards gra- uh, card looks? Well, let's look it up, man. Stomping Grant. I think I know most of it, but I don't want to. I don't want to miss it. I mean, the fact that I haven't put WWE in there is a, is a, is the stupidest thing ever. WWE Stomping Grant. soon, isn't it? Soon. Give me the Wikipedia page, please. Or don't. There it is. <coughs> oh, excuse me. This cough is the worst. So we've got Bailey versus Alexa Bliss uh, for the championship. Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre. Becky Lynch versus Lacey Evans for the Raw Championship. Seth Rollins versus Baron Corbin for the Universal. Kofi versus Dolph for the World. And Tony Nese apparently versus someone for the. The problem with it is, is this: I've seen all of those. I have literally seen every single one of those matches. Bayley versus Alexa, we've had before. Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre's WrestleMania rematch. Becky versus Lacey, we had at Money in the Bank, or whatever it was, and Becky won. So why we get that? Seth versus Baron, we only saw six days ago. And Kofi versus Dolph is the same. I know it's in a cage that match, but. Uh, That is is the problem. The the, the problem is it just feels like reruns. And that ties into Raw and Smackdown. Raw and Smackdown also feels like a rerun to get to a card that we've kind of already seen. And that's the issue. That's the problem. It doesn't feel fresh at the moment. If anything, coming out of Saudi Arabia, what I would have liked to have done and go, let's hit reset now. We've done all of that. It's a show that didn't make any difference. It didn't have any massive change on what we were going to do. So let's start afresh now. So no, I, look, I watch it and I'll enjoy it, but no, it's not the most exciting thing in the world. Uh, I just want I want different. Where's Rusev again? Where's Nakamura? Blah blah blah. I'm not going to go through it. It's just I want the wild card rule has made both feel too similar. And that is, is a huge shame to me. A Silence is her weapon. Massive support today, Silence. Thank you. You can be the MVP of today. We've never done that. We're going to start doing it. MVP of the day goes to Silence. A Styles versus Punk. Your thoughts? I know it's unlikely, but that would be a hell of a dream match. That should be booked if given the chance. Well, I think Punk versus anyone. You could do Punk versus Buddy Murphy and people would go crazy. because Punk has incredible cachet at the moment because if he did come back to somewhere, including WWE, everyone would go nuts. In fact, they could probably use him right now. Um, But I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, CM Punk seems to be quite content doing what he's doing. Uh, You know, he's doing comic book writing and MMA announcing and and who knows what else. And more power to him. It's all about people being happy. I I don't feel like he he owes me this. I don't think anybody owes me anything. You know, just as long as he's happy and doing his thing. I appreciate the memories. As a wrestling fan, I'd love to see him come back. Because again, I feel like it would create an impact. But if he doesn't, he doesn't. If he does, he does. I'm just going to take it every day every day as it comes. Uh, let's just go and check that there's no resting news that has broken as we've been talking, which has happened before. Um, I don't think <coughs> we, we've missed anything. All out tickets go on sale this week. So that's going to be interesting to see if they do a third straight sellout. If they do a third straight sellout, I think it's time to start going, they've got something here. Even if they are a live event business, that ain't so bad. And the other rumor is that they're going to do four pay-per-views a year. You could probably sell them out each time at 10,000 odd tickets. And fighter Fest, which goes down this month, next month, whenever the hell it is, apparently free on Bleacher Report. We don't get Bleacher Report over here in the UK, as far as I'm aware. So it'll be intriguing to see how that works. However, that's cool. And it also ties into something else. Like when WWE and WCW were going at it, there was a time when WWE came across as the fans promotion and WCW didn't. And WWE really used that to double down on the on kind of the changing winds. Right now it's completely the other way around. All the goodwill and all the love is in AEW's corner. And there is no love. <laughs> absolutely no love um the other the other way around for WWE at the moment, as we know. People are just are just all over them. And the fact you're now giving a pay per view away for free. Well it's not a pay per view is it? Just a big main event for free it's fantastic. It is absolutely absolutely fantastic and you know It kind of gives them a free pass. Even if it was an event that didn't really do, excuse me, what people wanted it to do, it was free. I mean, people were moaning at free things anyway. I get it. YouTube is is a great example of that. I just think it's a really good way to keep fans on board and use this social media way of engaging with people that makes them feel closer to you even though you've never met. AEW smashes that. Also, I love everything Chris Jericho is doing at the moment. Refusing to be at Fighter Fest because they're giving it away to free and he thinks that it's wrong. Uh, Chris Jericho is the is the only real heel in wrestling right now. They say it's not true. Sammy Callahan's great, and uh, there's some other guys as well. But in terms of those big names, uh, in terms of WWE, AEW, um, he is just uh, <coughs> yeah. He, he, excuse me, he's absolutely brilliant right now. But let's get into his podcast. we obviously he, he, he's quite a nice guy, but um, yeah, I, I, I love it. Uh, people keep asking me if I'm going to NXT UK Cardiff. I don't know what's going to happen on that day because obviously we have Rule Quest as well. well. We'll have to wait and see. I, I will talk to uh, talk to What Culture. And we'll see what we want to do. Uh, Vicky Branton, what is your opinion on Matt Riddle? Personally, I think it's not a work and he wants to be fired. Or if it was Matt Riddle, I would want to be um, like that. Especially, I think he lost the old locker room. Are you referring to his comments about Goldberg? I thought they were a bit weird. I mean, obviously, there is some bad blood between Goldberg and Matt Riddle or it's a work. You know, it's wrestling. You always have to question that. Again, like I said earlier, Goldberg is Goldberg. He made a huge difference to the wrestling industry. I don't feel like it's my place to be able to criticize him or say bad things about him. You can say bad things about the match uh, constructively. Uh, Matt Riddle went the other way. That's Matt Riddle's choice as a wrestler. I think Matt Riddle is great, and he's in the Kurt Angle mold as someone that has adapted to it incredibly quickly. So, you know, we'll we'll uh, we'll see. We'll we'll see what happens. Right. One last check of the news. Uh, this, I saw the headline going around saying John Cena said I've had accidental erections while wrestling. Not clicking that. I don't even know why that's a thing. What a question. You got one question uh, to ask John Cena. I'm going to ask him about erections. Okay. Good. Uh yeah, WWE Raw ratings we've talked about, they are the third lowest ever, but it was a huge NBA game. It's not great. However, you know, it's um I'm not I'm not gonna put too much uh too much stock into it. And that is apparently uh, apparently apparently it. Uh and Cesaro's okay if you saw that Ricochet landed right on his right on his leg which did not look fun in the slightest right we're gonna answer some questions as we do wrap up if i've missed anything let me know too i don't think i am Uh, so again any kind of super chat that pops up i will answer your questions and we have some from earlier as well richard ingman will the wild card rule finally bring the end of the brand split rich it already has man the brand split means nothing anymore the biggest thing i get after every show is miller i don't know who's on raw i don't know who's on smackdown and i don't think you're meant to uh, you know. Uh, do you see it happening before the Fox deals uh, for Smackdown Live kicks in? No, I just think it already happens. Uh, if they only had one champion for each division, who would you like to see holding the belts? Well, that's what I'm hoping for now. I am hoping that we just merge all the titles. I see in US, both worlds, women's, and then they can be the wild cards, right? They can be the wild cards, then you know. If you're the world champion, you're on both shows. If you're any kind of champion, you're on both shows. I think it would help. I think that way you can have other, you can get people back on TV, so let's say tag teams, right? You need to build up a, a tag team challenger. Well, you can have you can have Rusev and Nakamura as a team vying their way to try and get up the ranks. Obviously, the revival won the Raw Tag Team Championship back this week. I love the match, but again, going back to what I talked about earlier, when you're trying to sit there and make sense of it, you can just rip holes into it. Like, you know, why were the revival in a match after losing to the Usos on Friday? Where have Hawkins and Ryder been? There's just, <laughs> just so many questions. And, you know, I don't mind that we're going to do the Usos versus the Revival again, because that's the situation that we got presented at the end of the match. But it doesn't mean we don't... It, it couldn't have been done better. That's the truth. It could have been done better. Michael Rigney. Hey, Simon. My question is, what do you think of the women's tag team titles? Since WrestleMania, the Iconics have only beaten jobbers, and there are only two real teams they can face. Also, the Kabuki Wars haven't been on TV in a month or so. Have the tag team titles lost their prestige already? Well, I will say, I really like the Iconics. I think if you watch any of the stuff they do on social media or ww.com or the YouTube stuff, they're really good. They really understand their characters and I like them a lot. But yeah, they just don't ever do anything. And the, the titles haven't been defended in ages. I wouldn't mind if they were beating Jobbers week in, week out, but they don't. Sometimes they beat them, sometimes they don't. And then we're getting teasers of story with Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross and Alexa, uh, Nikki Cross and Becky Lynch. They don't go anywhere. That's the problem. It's this constant start, stop, start, stop, start, stop, start, stop. It wears you out as we've been talking about. Uh, The Phil Legend, great name in the super chat. Brock will cash in the first SmackDown on Fox. Phil, I think you're 100% correct. I think that's a great shout. Uh, You get ratings, you get a new champion, it will get the fans engaged for right or wrong. I would say you're right. So October the 13th, whenever that first SmackDown is, Brock Lesnar. Yes, who he cashes in on, I don't know, but I think you're right. Um, And of course, people ask me you're damn right, we're do- when it moves to Fridays. We're doing ups and downs. We'll figure it out. It's going to make it a bit more tricky, but we'll be doing it. And uh, Nick Hill just threw ninety nine cents in the super chat. Nick, thank you very much. Uh, and never forgetful says uh, super chat. Hand on the heart. Is it? It's bad that I can see WWE making another championship that sprawls across both brands as some kind of super championship to try and improve ratings. Lol. Never forgetful you're probably right. I, if somebody put a gun to my head, first they'd be like, bro, calm down. It's just a wrestling chat. But they said to me, you know, which is more likely? I would say that. And yeah, you have the, the Raw and Smackdown Championships or the Dual Brand Championship, whatever they'd call it. Uh, or they call it like the, the Raw Down or the, the Smackor or some stupid title. I can see it happening and I can see it not being very well received. But yeah, I actually that's a really good shout. And Jacob Donnelly, San, um, hand in the heart do you see Sasha Banks coming back to WWE? Yes, I do. Um, she's got a long time left on her contract. I don't think she's somebody that wants to sit out, especially when we've heard what John Moxley had to say recently. I think there are better ways than than just walking out. Um, so yes, I do. Apparently this week she's been doing stuff for the WWE video game. There were also rumours that she had an interview with Vin- a chat with Vince McMahon, a secret meeting. Again, who knows? I would say yes. I would say probably before SummerSlam, Sasha Banks will be back. Bygones be bygones, shake hands, and if she wants to leave for AEW when her contract is up, so be it. Um, each to their own. I'm not here to judge, but I would say that it's very likely. Yes, I, I would say it's more likely she comes back than not, unless something uh, something terrible goes down. Chaney Childers. Hey, Simon, I hope all is going good for you. My question is this. Uh, I felt like Super Showdown was a major bust. A lot of the matches were kind of flat. I know this could be because of the heat and that matches were a lot shorter than usual. What do you think about WWE and the state of pay per views in general? Do we think Stomping Grounds will be better, even though three matches the same that we saw at Super Showdown and at Money in the Bank? Yeah, I do think that WWE pay per views have suffered recently. Uh, it's probably because they're on the WWE network and much like, you know, ESPN Plus and UFC. You don't really have to, you know, you either got subscribers or you don't. I don't think pay-per-views are, are driving new subscribers massively, or at least that's what we've been shown. So no, I don't think that, I don't think that, uh, I don't think that um, they, they do have the same weight as they always do. Hence why we can have, <coughs> excuse me, a super showdown <laughs> three days ago and then have another pay-per-view in two weeks that have the same matches. They're just there to fill content, to fill holes, to fill slots, to fill tradition. They have lost their way. And they've also kind of affected the, other, the wrestling pay-per-view industry in general. Because AEW has a pay-per-view that's 50 bucks. And <laughs> everyone goes, 50 bucks? But that's, that's when you've got to applaud WWE. Regardless of what you think about the network or the programming, $9.99 a month for everything on there is brilliant. It just is. And it's, uh, it, changed, it, changed, it changed a lot and that's WWE's doing Stan in the super chat oh Stan from Patreon as well really good guys Stan just some love for you my friend yes I'm that Stan from Patreon I'm working right now and had to appreciate the show thank you Stan Stan is a very good guy I have chats with Stan over Patreon as I do many patrons those are good people on there well they're all good people but as he's here, uh, shout out to Stan. Uh, Luke Schooler, uh, hand on the heart in the super chat. Looking forward to our match at EWE. See you there, sexy. That's Luke. I've just noticed who that is. All right, brother. Yeah, I am. A f- I, I, I don't know. I've ruined it. I'm going to kick your ass, pal. I'm going to kick your ass. I didn't realize him. Yeah, Luca, I should say, he's got ruined down there. I called him. I've ruined it. I've ruined it entirely. We are doing that. I'll have more information as we get closer to, to August. But yeah, EWE in, in London. I'm going to debut for them. I think it's their first show as well. I'm taking on that guy. I'm taking him on. I've ruined it now by not reading things and just reading them as they're there. But he's a good dude. I've known him for a long time now as well. But we're going to kick each other's ass. We're just going to beat the crap out of each other, I imagine. Billy Radbourne. Do you think Rambling Rabbit was a dig at Moxley? Greetings from the gym speakers. (laughs) That's Brad again. No, no, no. I think it was a... um Excuse me. I think there probably was a little bit in there when he said, "I'm going to reveal stuff that you don't want me to reveal." Yeah, absolutely. I do think that was that tied in. But no, I think it was a reference to when Bray White's promos were good, but he didn't really say anything. I think Bray White is very astute. I think Bray White keeps his ear to the ground, and I think he's now all tying that in. He's just a very smart dude. Is Bray White? We'll see what they if they put him in a feud. If he comes back and takes on a John Cena and wins, not saying John Cena, but somebody like that we're all good and we're on the way and that's what we should do we should treat him like a wrecking ball absolutely colin wright do you think people are stifling their success of the women's tag division by lingering on sasha's bratty behavior like anyone we mentioned the future champs the caveat is well yeah but it should be sasha cry 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 i mean i haven't seen that i just think it's that classic thing of why we wanted the titles to be treated seriously because they were brand new why would they be you know, if you're not treating any of your titles in that sense, you don't treat new ones just because they're new. It's like a it's like a, a, an all or nothing thing. What I will say is, I think it's only fair to shout out WWE for how they're treating Kofi Kingston and Seth Rollins. Booked strong, never lost, always gets the pins in multi man matches, hit their finisher and win. Even on Raw when Smack, uh, Seth lost um, because he you know grabbed the lapels of Sami Zayn, show still an affair with him kicking Baron Corbin's and Sami Zayn's ass. And we haven't seen that for a while. So I do think they need um they need some credit. They need some credit for that. Um where am I going? Ross Chaplin. Um I can answer that in one word. Money. All oh, right, that he's talking about the Goldberg Lesnar 2. Well, yeah, well probably. Uh, but seriously, I think both of them wanted a better job of what actually happened. Exactly, Ross. As we talked about at the start of the show, I think that um I that's why I think it's gonna happen. You know, it's just trying to trying to tie it all back in. Uh, money or not, I think Goldberg again. Once again, everything calms down. He doesn't want to go out like that. He absolutely doesn't. So I'll take seeing it again, as long as we learn the lessons from last time. Because I understand it from a mental perspective. I really, really, really do. Somebody that or two people that operate at that level of intensity and focus that will really eat away at them. So if they want to go and try and you know. Calm it all down and, and make better of it, so we forget about that one, only focus on the next one. Absolutely, and if we do do that at a different event as well, that's not a super showdown or a crown jewel or whatever, it will have more gravitas anyway. Because again, I really don't think those, those events mean nothing. Those events mean absolutely nothing. Like nothing happens. They really don't. They're glorified house shows. They're almost like warm up matches, but they happen to happen in, in Saudi Arabia. I did look, Let's throw some positives in there. I did think it was nice. All those kids that were obviously living their you know living their dreams, seeing WWE live. That was brilliant. That was great. I love seeing that. I think sometimes we all forget that predominantly WWE WWE isn't for kids. But when you first get, most people get into WWE when they are kids. And there's a reason for that. So I always get a kick out of seeing somebody young, find professional wrestling and not judge it and not be cynical. Give them 20 years and they'll be on Reddit. But (laughs) it's just, it's just nice. It just is. And sometimes it makes me shrug my shoulders and go, you know what? It's okay. It's just wrestling. It doesn't really matter. Um, So, yeah. Um, (coughs) Another one from Colin Wright, if I can find it. Uh, Have you heard of Channing Decker? If Destiny Wrestling and AEW ever cross over, I'd love a death match between him and Moxley Thoughts. I haven't heard of him, but I'll have to look him up. But I'd have to imagine that... Anything John Moxley does at the moment is going to be brilliant. If you're not into New Japan, go check out his uh, his match with, uh, I can't remember the guy's name now, Emuto, uh, I can't remember, the, the young lion. It's excellent. It's so well done. It's so well thought out. How John Moxley is able to turn himself around that quick has just been the best. Uh, Vicky Branton in Super Chat. Chad Gable is on 205. That's news. He is on 205 Live. I'm a patron too, as my boys are massive fans of you and want me to take them to you. No chance you can do Summer Jam for UBW. It's very nice, Vicky. And hello to your your boys as well. I'll do UBW. Where is UBW? I probably emailed them. I've emailed a lot of people. I'm going to look it up as we're talking. If they'll book me, I'll be there. That's kind of how I'm working at the moment. Ultimate British Wrestling in Hertfordshire. Have I messaged them? I don't know if I have. I'm going to load them up now and I'll message them later. I think I have messaged them. Yeah, if you know anyone there, tell them as well, Vicky. If they, bu- they want to book me, I'll be there. And you can tell them as well. Some people, again, I've said this before. Some people seem to think that I'm being some, oh, I wouldn't work for them. No, like all wrestling companies are viable. I'd love the opportunity anywhere. So yes, I'll do my best. Uh, Silence is her weapon in the super chat. Your thoughts on the world titles, women, and tag titles looking the same. Would you change it? Why or not? Also waiting for Why Back to wreak havoc. Why <laughs> Back Axel, I should say. Can you imagine that? What a trio. I don't really care about the looks of titles. I seem to be a rarity in the internet wrestling community about this. I just don't care. Uh, I like a nice-looking title. like The IWGP title was great. New Japan title... uh, Sorry, uh, the AEW title was great. A lot of the NXT belts look nice. But I don't care that all the titles... If if they mean something, that's all I need. I don't really need them to look a certain way. So... um yeah, I, I that doesn't bother me. That doesn't really bother me at all. Um, but I understand it's nice to have a good-looking belt. Like my favorite belt, I'm looking at over there now, is the Winged Eagle WWF title. I bought one uh, because I loved it so much. It's like my little memento. I've had it a long time now. Um, so that must mean something to me from a, a nostalgic point of view, from a memory point of view. But it's not it just, yeah, it just it doesn't, it doesn't, it just doesn't, it just doesn't, I like when they reveal a new title, I'm always intrigued to see how it's going to look, but outside of that, I'm like, it's okay, and I don't think anyone ever designs a title to look bad, like, the reason the 24-7 title looks like somebody's foot is because clearly it was an idea that came up at the last second, they just need to get a title made, but no one's talking about it now, we're over it, we've passed it, we're mad at something else. <laughs> <laughs> because we always are. Right, we'll start to wrap it up. As always, thank you so much for everyone that's joined me today, everyone in the super chat, all my patrons, uh, or even if you just subscribed. Even if you just subscribed, you have no idea how much I appreciate it. Like I love having this little community here, and hopefully one day it'll be a massive community, uh, but who knows. Make sure in two minutes' time you jump over to What Culture Wrestling and join me for Ups and Downs Live. I'll be in the chat as I also rant and rave. I'm proud of today's episode. It's really, really weird. But we will end by shouting out Santos... Esquivel, great name in the super chat, who says six-man six man tag titles instead of two sets of tag thoughts. Hey, man, I like the six-man belts they've got in other promotions, so why couldn't we do it? And there are people there that we got the New Day, uh, you could bring up the Undisputed Era, because if Sanity hadn't been disbanded, they would have done it. I'd be all right with that. Six-man tags have a unique feel to them. The problem is, as far as we can figure out, Vince McMahon doesn't really like tag teams, so... I would imagine he doesn't like six-mans even more, which is weird, because how many times do beginning angles end in main events with six-man tags? All the time. All the flipping time. Uh, Right, on that note, if you are watching me live right now on YouTube, please do subscribe. Uh, That number's been flying up recently, and it makes me so happy. It makes me so proud, because we don't follow any of the YouTube rules on here. My channel is like a bag of revels, but to know that that still has some worth is awesome so yeah like the video share the video subscribe at simon316 on Instagram and Twitter patreon.com forward to simon316 is how you support that way simonmiller.bigcartel.com check out my other podcast called Why With Simon Miller just search for it on any podcast thing it's basically this where we talk about a bunch of crazy stuff that's non-wrestling related and just thanks so much thank you for giving me an hour of your time and yeah I'll I'll see you soon when I remember what button to push there it is love you. love ya